0: Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for this time. We give you thanks for this chance. We have to celebrate you and how you speak to us. God, may we be may we be good stewards of the text and of your word. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good Amen. evening, friends, and welcome uh, to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk, this time officially live on Facebook again, um, after a week absence, because of we don't know why. Uh, we now actually get to do the show live, and so hello chat, hi friends, it's so good um, to be back uh, live, it's so much more fun, with a live audience. Um, I am Pastor Trey Comstock, with me as ever is, go Brandy! Sister Brandy Dudley, howdy ho, neighbors. Go, Scott. Pastor Scott Ketchot, welcome. And go, Stacy.
1: WWE
2: Superstar Stacy Tyler.
0: Uh huh, fantastic. That'll go well. Um, this is our uh, weekly podcast where we uh, talk through the scripture of the week and try to figure out uh, what God has for us um, and give us all a chance to think deeply on it. Especially before, at least you know, a couple of us. This I think this week, three of us have to write a sermon on it. <laughs> um, and so our uh, scripture this week is Philippians chapter two, uh, verses one through thirteen. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make joy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind so at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but, now, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So this is one of those great texts that kind of boil down a sense of what our priorities should be, right? In terms of how we live. If in some ways this whole series is one that looks at What are our priorities, right? How are we we, supposed—we talk about, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. We commit ourselves to God. We say we're going to live as Christians. What does that look like? Well, here, the, the piece of that puzzle that comes into view is this idea that our fundamental outlook on life isn't looking out for number one. It's looking out for others, Right, and in turn, others aren't supposed to be looking out for themselves. They're supposed to be looking out for us. And if we all do this work of looking out for others, then we ourselves will be cared for because someone else is looking out for us, and others will be cared for because we ourselves are looking out for others. That that in some way that is part of what it means um, to you know emulate Christ to. If Christians are meant to be little Christs, then what does it look like to be a little Christ, um, but to, in our own way, model what Christ did and look out for others rather than ourselves, using whatever power, whatever ability we have on behalf of others, not on behalf of looking out for number one.
1: Exactly. You know, when in in all these uh, different scriptures we've been looking at lately, this idea is how, hey, it's not really all about me. It's about me helping others. And if we're all doing that, then in turn, my needs will get met because we're looking out for each
0: other. Right. But yeah, it is that kind of, but it, that's a real, you know, if if this series is called The Upside Down Kingdom, right? I mean, that is a real inversion, a real flipping upside down of the way this world operates, right? We so often hurt. You know, I just, I'm just going to look out for number one. I, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get mine. And okay, fine. But if you claim the name of Christ, then fundamentally, it's not about getting yours. Uh, it's about not working out of selfish motivation or conceit. Instead, always looking out for someone else. But always appreciating it, so that then also other people should be looking out for you. And, you know, Christ gave himself on the cross looking right. out yeah. for all of
2: us. And he could have selfishly went to the, the, the father and went, uh, Dad, I ain't doing this. Uh, this isn't groovy. And I'm going to go over here and take the devil's deal that he gave me to, you know, to rule over everything I survey. And you know, he could have easily done that. But no, he was he set the perfect example for what we're talking about today about, you know, being unselfish and helping
3: others. Well, right. I mean, he could
2: have snapped you, he, his fingers
0: he,
3: he, and undone the whole deal. Go ahead, Brandy. Sorry. You, well, they always say that self-preservation is the first law of nature. We have to turn it upside down as Christians, that we need to put others before ourselves. I've heard a, a Catholic priest say, he used an acronym. He used the, the word joy, and he said, Jesus, others, then yourself. When you do that in that order you'll bring about joy in your life when you put yourself uh on the back burner and take care of other people
0: yeah and i do want to kind of kind of maybe not mix this up but clarify it right so this is one of those we holding ourselves accountable you cannot take this text And go to someone and say, see, this is why you have to help me, right? See, this is why you need to be humbled before me, right? You cannot, like, because this is one of those texts that can get misused to abuse, like a lot of these, to abuse people. This is calling upon Christians to make this choice for ourselves and a call for us to make that choice for ourselves. And this text should also never be used to exploit someone and tell them why they've got to do something for you that they don't want to do, right? Right? This is about us all rewriting <clears throat> in our hearts, but making but again allowing the spirit to work within us to make that choice for ourselves um you know some there there are often people who have been uh too often called upon to serve others, and they themselves are never served, and we should be accountable for that, making sure that everyone is cared for and that everyone is sharing in the mutual work of caring,
1: you know um. We're called to be little Christ, and we and we see like uh, Stacy was saying, God, Jesus was the perfect example, all the way up to even the night before He's going to die. He knows He's going to die. He knows He's knows He's going to be betrayed. Who it's going to be done, and yet He still washes everyone's feet. He he shows uh-huh. them this is how it's supposed to be done. Mm-hmm. And He gets down, Lord of all, Master and Creator of the universe, and washes the disciples' feet, showing them how to be humble. And when you look at through scripture and other places where it talks about what is pure and undefiled religion, it's talking about taking cares of widows and orphans. How That's right. You know, it's not about even us living up to a, a, a law or living up certain uh, religious rites or practices or disciplines, though those can be good to help us improve in our walk, but it's all about taking care of others and letting the love of Christ be shown through us to other people.
0: Well, and the idea of Christ doing that loses some of its impact for us because the foot washing is this, well, frankly uncomfortable worship thing that we, you know, sometimes foist on people, um, <laughs> right? I understand it can be deeply meaningful. I find it deeply uncomfortable. Um, but it's not a thing that happens, right? And so this idea of Jesus washes the disciples' feet, that was the servant's role right that or the role of the of the one of lesser status and so that would have been this like really hugely shocking like thing like and, and it, like you can see like in that scene you see you feel peter's discomfort of like this is not this is not how this is supposed to go this, you are not this is the wrong way around god this is not No, like he tries to get out of it because there's like a real deep discomfort in Christ is saying, no, I am modeling for you how different God's kingdom is from the kingdom of this world where, I mean, even in our world, there is some expectation that like, you know, when a president walks into the room, everyone stands, right? Because you honor, if not the person, you honor the office of the president, right? Right. Um, you know we have uh, certain expectations that you know executives make way more money than the people underneath them, um, and that weirdly when companies go belly up, executives always seem to get away scot free, and it's the workers that get damaged, right? And so that you see that in our world too, where there is some expectation that like when you rise in a system, then you have got the thing, and you deserve uh, you deserve glory, honor, deference, whatever. And and what, you know, Jesus models is in the, foot wa- in, in the foot washing, in dying on the cross, is that fundamental reorientation, that it's not, you don't have a position, you don't have power or whatever, so that you can lord other, over other people. You have that, uh, whatever you've got, so that you can uh, take care of other people, that that's the fundamental orientation, is caring for others, and whatever power you've got, you use for that purpose, not your own.
2: Right. And this piggybacks perfectly on your sermon yesterday about the, uh, the, the farmer and the workers, you know, uh, which one, you know, what was fair to, to this worker and what was fair to that worker. Sometimes it's not fair. It's, it, it doesn't look fair, but we, we shouldn't worry about that. Like you said, you know, we, we worry about us and then we go out into the world and worry about other people. Well, and
0: the other part of it is, and I don't mean
2: I don't mean I don't, I'm sorry. Let me clarify that. I don't mean like worry about us like being selfishly, but to focus, you know, on doing our thing, worrying about our getting our house, you yeah, know, first, amen, and uh-huh. then uh-huh. going out and, and and working with everybody
0: else and, and, and doing that, and that's where the glory from God comes in. Well, and certainly, I think these two, those two scriptures are related. There's a reason why, you know, I I paired them in this series and, and put them back to back, because I think one of the fundamental themes that cuts across a lot of this, but certainly those two scriptures, is, again, always having that that outward look, right? That why you you should celebrate that the worker that had been that didn't get a job that day is still able to eat, not that you're getting not you're not getting paid as well you're not getting the rewards you think you should um and they're getting something essentially for free no because you have a deep and abiding care for the guy that got hired at five o'clock who was at risk of not eating that day that you go oh i'm so glad he's going to eat today and i'm going to eat today and that way we all make it through another day right so like it it tells you this scripture i think gives you a new helps you reorient your thought process so that you don't fall into the trap of the worker that had worked all day that goes hey why am i not why is he getting something for nothing when instead you should have been worried that this guy was going to starve right so if you're living on a denarii a day sorry day, like that's not a lot and if you're not going to even get your daily wage like you're really up a stump and this way, that guy is not up a stump. This way, that guy is taken care of, and you should celebrate that. Um, because fundamentally, what you should be doing is looking out for that guy um, rather than being worried about getting yours. That kind of, you know, ambition or selfish conceit, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really just letting that perspective of how you view the whole world always be through God's love you know, I'm, I'm loving this individual. I'm considering their needs over my own. And, uh, you know, uh, though I don't, uh, hold to a lot of Steven Seagal philosophy, there's a quote that has always stuck with me from one of his movies where he was a dad and he was talking with his, his son. And then it was like time for nighttime prayers. And he asked his son, if he knew the secret to always getting his, uh, prayers answered. And, uh, he was like, no, what is it? He said, well, you say prayers for other people. Yeah. Okay, Dad. Yeah.
0: How do I get things for myself?
1: Well, that's where work comes in, son.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but but that's where the idea is that everybody is doing this, right? Yeah. God's plan is again, if this is this is about creating the kingdom of God, creating the ultimate virtuous cycle. That if you're ultimately concerned for others and other people are ultimately concerned for others, then someone ends up being concerned for you the way you are concerned for others. Like, that's why one of the reasons why in God's kingdom we are able to hand over looking out for number one is we have faith and trust in our brothers and sisters to look out for us. Right. and where there needs to be accountability as a community. Back to the scripture from a couple of weeks ago, um, where uh the the other workers rat out the unforgiving servant, right? Sometimes we need to be the other workers ratting out the other unforgiving servant, servant, holding each other accountable for not caring for other people. Right? right. So there right. has to be an accountability structure in there because that's how we make sh- that's part of how we make sure that everyone is cared for including ourselves. Right, it's like a daisy
3: chain. So this
0: or, or, This should be a a we mentality
3: instead of a me mentality. Yes, right. Yeah, and I I will use said pandemic as an example. As people were fighting over toilet paper, you may have a buggy full of Charmin and you got another person that's struggling to try to find some. Will you keep all that Charmin to yourself or will you say, here, let me give you some of my charmin, so you can have some but unfortunately everybody had a me attitude and say i'll Uh, keep
0: it for myself that is why so that was actually one of of all the things i've seen happen during covid the the hoarding of basic supplies i'll admit like really hit me hard of like being very disappointed in humans um and being very disappointed in people that profess the name of christ um that uh in in bible belt counties there was also a toilet paper shortage like that really hit me because Mm. and uh, so it's why i added to the prayer list early what i admit is a pretty pointed prayer request that says god may may we remember to be compassionate um and generous right because i looked out at that hoarding and i went oh dear god because So I I don't know if I've talked about this on this show, but I talk about it a lot. So it turns out that the toilet paper supply chain was perfect. Um, The people who make toilet paper, Georgia Pacific et al., know how much we poop generally, right? know how much uh, Americans need toilet paper um, and had figured out that supply chain perfectly. So that, uh, and you can't ship toilet paper on trains. It's too light. You can only carry it in eighteen-wheelers. There's no money in carrying it on trains. And so, your all of your toilet paper comes from like a day's drive away from you. And so, those and those plants run at perfect efficiency all the time. It's a perfect supply chain. We were never gonna run out of toilet paper it is a perfect system the only reason why we ran out of toilet paper is because everyone started hoarding toilet paper out of fear rather than a concern for another person like it really um was a i found i found that 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 season where we were hoarding basic supplies deeply troubling um about like one of those times and maybe it's part of where this honestly, that maybe the place where this whole series come in some ways this whole series comes from is like <laughs> I, I felt like in that moment we really failed a test um, as a people, right? You know, we talk this great game about being a Christian nation and we talk, this great about, you know, oh, we believe in Jesus and we, we stand up for the things of God and like, okay, great. And yeah, that does mean like we should be advocating for prayer in schools. And yeah, that does mean we should be holding our government officials, uh, accountable for what we believe as Christians. That also means we should be living like it. And when I, you know, when here in pa- heart of the Bible belt, Palestine, Texas, and I couldn't buy a stinking roll of toilet paper like i was really disappointed um mm-hmm. and yeah i think that's what that may be the place this sermon comes from <laughs> I mean, it was like it, like it was yeah. like it was like
2: black friday turned up to level 11 you know uh, this is what, what happens every year on the holidays man
1: yeah and, and what's uh, the upside down view of black fridays
2: yeah and, and what was really really disappointing to me is and and God, I love the, the the victims of 9/11. God rest their soul. This is not a slide on them. What I'm fixing to say, we were more together as a nation that day, and only 3,000 people and such died. We've had 200,000 people. Amen and we're, we're divided like that, I mean, what what's the difference? What happened there that, oh, well, 3,000 people uh, counted, but
0: 200,000 didn't? So I, have, I, have, I, don't, I don't know if I have a perfect response and I worry I have a slightly cynical response, but my response to that question is, this one hit way closer to home. And so I think this one tested a lot of our values a lot harder the 9-11 did, right? So, like, 9-11 happened in New York. Um, and for the vast majority of the country, that's very far away. Um, this one hap- happened everywhere, um, all at the same time. And so, we are all were tested of, like, how caring are we for our neighbors, really? And that the toilet paper becomes this symbol for me of, like, a real failure to live our Christian values. And the, like like, we go to church on Sunday, but we check that we check that at the do- we check that at the Walmart door right and it's one thing if we're fighting over children's toys which no one needs but it's nice to have or HDTVs on uh, black friday which is ridiculous but this is like a whole bunch of people were unable to get basic supplies because people were hoarding them um in uh you know a community that has some claim on being a Christian community. Like that really, I mean, that hit me in a place, friends. I'll confess it. Like that really, I, you know, I I am deeply troubled by what that says about the state of actual Christian belief and living, um, in, 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 in America, in, you know, the Bible belt that shouldn't have happened. Friends, if we were all living, but on the two, this wouldn't happen. But uh, I'm just
3: gonna say, on the flip side of that, Philippines 2 was initiated within the community where uh, neighbors helping neighbors was formed and they saw to the needs of those yeah. that didn't have any or couldn't get any, especially uh, our um, senior citizens. They, they were sold to, the widows and orphans were sold yes, to Emma. in the fact that people stood up and they, they went out into the store, despite the fact the store said you can't have but one or two. They, they went back and made multiple trips and made sure that people had the, uh, the stables of life. So, yeah, we may have that moment where we have a me moment, but thank God there is a we mentality somewhere.
0: Yeah, but I just – I think it was too few people, right? Again, I I, I, mm-hmm. I also followed the neighbor, Neighbors Helping Neighbors thing, and like that was really rad. Um, and I know a lot of churches uh, worked to try and do some stuff, and, and there were certainly – but it, it's one of those, I guess, where I often get frustrated with the state of things is, you know, if you were to poll – if you were to do some sort of polling of the Palestinian community or the Bible Belt, you'd say, oh, yeah, most of us are we're all Christians here. We're all Christians. We all believe in Jesus. Uh, okay? Uh, is that impacting how you treat others, right? Is that impacting the way you approach the world with, for instance, how you act during a pandemic, how you act when the chips are down? And I feel like, again, I I feel like for the vast majority of people, we failed the test, um, that when the chips were down, we went, oh, I'm going to get mine. Oh no! I, I I need that toilet paper, yo. We gotta we and gotta get that.
2: And what, um, what was what was a real thing, too for me was I'm like, if this gets any worse, this is gonna literally turn into Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I mean, this is. This
1: oh, is I we a bed every day, I, man. It's already uh, turning bad.
0: I <laughs> um, you know, so I actually what I think COVID times shows this is our civilization is stronger than Mad Max Thunderdome thinks it is. Um but it has shown I guess it showed me that in some ways our civilization may be stronger than we thought it was. But another level, the state of practiced Christianity, um like really we you know, again, I keep writing these sermons that say, like, hey, we need to really look at this. Like, is this faith we profess impacting our basic the basic way we approach life. Uh, there was a comment in the chat. What does it uh, also say about us um, to fear not getting things? Right. Yeah, that's part of it. Um, because if we do have faith, we know that our needs will be met or even uh, creative ways to survive. Amen. Thank you for that, Joe. It, and, yeah, yeah. I, I think that mm-hmm. also speaks to it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to mention, uh, that this kind of, hits at that uh fear of unknown and then where are you placing your trust? Because if right. you really have your trust in the fact that Jesus is gonna take care of you, then you don't have to worry about me. And then you understand that it's okay for me to go out there and to be focused on helping other people because God's got my back.
0: Right. right. And like But th- but this goes back to yeah I mean this goes back to the the whole How we're supposed to frame our whole lives, that we are supposed to A, not worry about tomorrow, um, but trust in God, and B, orient ourselves towards others. And if everyone does that by letting, you know, Christ in their lives and accepting and letting the Holy Spirit move in their lives, then. There need never be fear for two reasons. One, um, because we can trust in God and B, because we can trust in God working through our neighbors to care for us even as we care for our neighbors, right? It's yeah, it's creating that virtuous cycle rather than Mad Max Thunderdome, which is like the the other extreme of this, right? Where like, you know, the Mad Max world in particular is, you know, what if everyone dress in really rad spikes and only looks out for number one? The rad spikes can stick around. Like, look, you know, you want to walk around wearing football pads with three-inch spikes. That will help you buy some toilet paper. <clears throat> um, but then distribute that toilet paper to your neighbors. Yeah. Use your Mad Max spikes that way.
2: <laughs> I, here's, I think, to me, is a, here's a good test. Go to Wendy's, get you a dinner, sit down and watch outside as usually there's a homeless person standing outside in that area and see what, if that moves you, see, see if yeah. that moves you.
1: Uh, that's one of the cool things I uh, love about the things that are going on at uh, Galveston uh, central or, uh, you know, down there, the, the church is predominantly filled with homeless. Yeah. And uh, Just seeing, uh, the things that they do and how god uses them and so often uh it's amazing to see homeless of how giving they are with the little that they have because they understand what it really means to be needy truly needy and how important it is to them when somebody does reach out and do something and so they want to share that with uh, their fellow individuals that they know are in similar circumstances. And so I sometimes wonder if, uh, at least here in America, part of our issue is that we don't really, truly understand need. Therefore, right. we don't see how important it is for us to reach out and do that for others. And when we catch, when we catch, a, small,
0: when we catch a small glimpse of what it is to need, we spaz- Right. And uh, so like, that's part of what happened in the start of this pandemic is for some people, for the first time in their adult lives, they caught a glimpse of how the rest of the world lives all the time. Where like, you might not be able to get all the things that you need all of the time. And they freak out and hoard toilet paper. Mm. Right. Yeah. I think, I, I think you hit on something really cogent, Scott, of like, you know, you don't know what it is to need. And so when you catch a glimpse of that, you find yourself fundamentally unprepared and yeah. don't and, and lose sight of caring for others and go oh no but what yeah. if i don't have toilet paper yeah dog what if you don't have toilet paper you're going to be fine humans apparently lived for thousands of years before <laughs> the invention of toilet paper um, i reckon oh. you can figure it out That's um what and actually before there yeah. was always enough toilet paper if only we would see that. I feel like we're now having to import. Literally, we are now importing toilet paper from Mexico um, to make up for the fact that we huh. broke the toilet paper supply chain. We are importing so, Mexican toilet paper because we freaked out.
2: So, so I'm gonna, re, I'm gonna like uh, admit something here to you guys and online. Even um, when I do, uh, you know, do, use the facilities.
0: Everybody poops.
2: Yeah.
0: As the I good still, book says, everybody poops.
2: I still afterwards get in the shower, <laughs> clean myself sure. to yeah. make sure I am perfectly clean. So uh, if we run out of toilet paper tomorrow, I'm like, okay, go use the bidet, which is my shower. <laughs> I,
0: right, right. Look, I, you know, having spent time in other countries, the uh, Americans in toilet paper is in some ways unique. Um, in the world, uh, you know, it turns out newspaper, uh, in, in a lot of the, um, Slavic countries, it's just like, there's a hole in the ground, there's a hole in the floor that p- pumps water and then a uh, newspaper. And you look at like, what's the newspaper? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, here we go. But I bet um, you that
3: makes you appreciate toilet paper more because you experience what it was to be without yeah. toilet paper. Sure, so certainly. that's, that's why our, our motivation for doing for others should be great. If we have experienced something like that, that you've you've been in want before, you don't have as much or whatnot until you walked in that shoe, you don't really know. I'm piggybacking what Scott said. If you've been through something, you 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 know, and it should motivate you to try to help someone else that's in need because you've been in need before.
2: Right. And that's That's the exact reason why, because I used to be homeless. I was homeless for a while. And that's the reason why I'm so convicted and, and it, it hurts me so much to see the homeless.
0: You know I, I'm, I want to reach out and help them as much as I can. So I mean yeah, and, 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 and certainly go out of your way. You literally have very recently gone out of your way to make sure some people have a home, right? Like hmm. it, but it, I guess I guess my point is if we're reading if we're really reading our Bible the way we say that we are, And when we wear our... our, Maybe I'm just really angry about hashtag blessed t-shirts. I don't know. But, like, I I have this fundamental problem where, like, people talk about how much they read the Bible and then hoard toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And to me, those two things run counter to one another. Like, you know, talk about how much they read their Bible or how Christian they are or how thankful they are that they live in a Christian country. And, like, great. I'm thankful for all those things, too. Um... How big is your toilet paper stash, right? Did you also freak out and go and hoard? Because if you're freaking out and going and hoarding, that runs counter because all you're doing then is making it so that somebody else can't have something. And that runs counter to this Bible that we all claim to love. I, I,
2: I picture some out you know guys in the outback somewhere in Australia sitting there watching the TV going, look, Mike, they're chopping down trees and wiping their butt with it.
0: Wow, okay. yeah. Well, no. the modern day part of Australia also had a toilet paper crisis. It was not just it's not just America, right? But I guess I, I, if we're gonna make this claim of being a Christian nation, then honestly, I guess I expect better from us well, than what I've seen. The, the reality um,
1: its it, it's been a gripe against the church for a while that we talk the talk but don't necessarily uh huh uh-huh. uh huh yep uh, that's uh wrong on our part, and I really think we should uh. Start a uh, campaign, you know uh, I didn't come up with the idea of someone in our church did, but the whole you know t shirts and hashtags of a social differencing uh a yeah. mm. change yeah. and what's going on around us and and I really think we should uh move forward with something like that
3: well oh, my uh-huh. thing is uh, is i I like to use go mad, make a difference, so go make a difference in somebody's life, so go mad, yeah,
0: yeah. And and, and understand that that is like the fundamental nature of Christian living is that is orienting yourself in the direction that Christ oriented himself. Thanks be to God, Christ did that. Mm -hmm. And orient yourself towards others. That the, the, like, like the real Christianity gets to that, not just like, how you decorate your house, not just like the cute things you post on Facebook, but like, are you, are you like, is that looking, is that looking like your lived reality of orienting yourself towards others? Or are you still stuck in that? Well, I'm going to get mine. Right. Cause the minute that thought of enters your mind of I'm going to get mine, that should be a back check, like a backstop of like, Oh, maybe I'm not going in the right direction. If I'm thinking, I got to get mine. Um, that's probably as good a place as any to end it. Um, again, clearly c- clearly something broke in me uh, when I watched The Toilet Paper Shortage.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: that mm, that broke me, friends. Just think how I, I felt when
3: I actually saw the fights going on with, these, with this yeah. stuff.
2: Man, uh, that, that killed right me. You're right now Ground Zero. Yeah. Uh, you yeah.
0: better know it. But if we had done a better job of caring for each other, no one would have felt so desperate that they needed to fight over toilet paper in the first place. Like in some place, the Mm -hmm. fights over toilet paper don't bother me nearly as much as the people who bought up all the toilet paper to begin with.
2: And then was selling it for like $50. Also that.
0: Also that. Yeah. um, You know. Anyways, if you also have your stories about toilet paper hoarding, um, you can leave a comment on, uh, Facebook, um, on our YouTube channel, on our website, uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. You can email me all of your stories about toilet paper at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com, um, and if you want the audio-only version of my rants about toilet paper, um... Uh, check us out um, on uh, iTunes or wherever you get your finer podcasts. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church, and we will be back uh, next week. Um, if you want to watch me eat a snow cone live on the internet, join us slightly before six o'clock on mm. Facebook uh, on Facebook Live. And um, do uh, a little and, bit of a pre.
2: Don't forget to click like, subscribe, and comment.
0: Um, also, uh, don't forget that in uh, just over a week. Um, uh, the pumpkin patch will be open, um, uh, 9 a.m. until 8 p.m. every day, uh, Sunday to Saturday, um, from October 1st to October 31st. We are excited. Anyways, friends, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Also, fear not, stay well. God is with us. I should have brought a, like a roll of toilet paper with me. Oh man, it is awesome. I don't think I knew I was gonna get off on a rant about that. Anybody
2: <laughs> snuck a bite in there.